Patrick here with some exciting news. We now have 10 local communities of engineering leaders hosting in-person meetups all over the world. Yes, you heard that right. There are 10 local communities in cities all over the world. These groups are led by engineering leaders just like you who wanted to create a place to connect, to share insights, and tackle critical challenges in the job. To get involved, go to elc.community. Sign up if you haven't already. If you have signed up, make sure you update your location and we'll get you plugged in. We're launching local events all the time. You can find them and get involved again at elc.community. The engineering team pivoted trashed OKRs, trashed the roadmap and said, we're going to build out virtual career fairs. And so we did the work over the course of the year, delivered career fairs in that same year, which is amazing, and have since served thousands and thousands of, of career fairs. Hello and welcome to the Engineering Leadership Podcast brought to you by ELC, the engineering leadership community. I'm Jerry Lee, founder of ELC. And I'm Patrick Gallagher, and we're your hosts. Our show shares the most critical perspectives, habits, and examples of great software engineering leaders to help evolve leadership in the tech industry. What happens when engineering teams make mission and values aligned decisions? How do you effectively support the internal mobility, promotion, and professional growth of your team? How do infrastructure teams empower scaling for the company and operationalize values like empathy and impact? We get into all of that and more in this special bonus episode of the Engineering Leadership Podcast with Guillermo Fisher, Director of Engineering Infrastructure at Handshake. Outside of Handshake, Guillermo is the founder and president of 757 Color Coded, a nonprofit organization focused on helping people of color achieve careers in technology. He's an advisor at Cur Labs, a free training and job placement academy for infrastructure, computing, DevOps, and SRE for students from underserved communities. And Guillermo is also an AWS data hero. Enjoy our conversation with Guillermo Fisher. With that, Guillermo, welcome to the Engineering Leadership Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. In considering our conversation here, I think there's a few things that come to mind. One, the work that you do at Handshake is incredibly inspiring. Like Handshake's mission is inspiring. And on top of that, you all are working on some really interesting engineering challenges, which brings us to this conversation to dive into a little bit more of both of those. So we're going to talk about both of those. But I think what's going to be really fun is to start with you, Guillermo, and your leadership story. Can you tell us your engineering leadership story? Why did you join Handshake? And how did you become the Director of Engineering of Infrastructure at Handshake? Sure. Well, I've been in tech for around 18 plus years. And when I was first introduced to Handshake. It was through a friend who was working there at the time. He shared with me the company's mission and told me they're hiring. And I was like, wow, this actually sounds like the kind of thing I'm I'm excited about, democratizing opportunity for students. And so like as a, as a person of color, specifically in, in tech, I do this kind of work outside of like my day job. And I try to make sure our people of color have opportunities in tech. So the opportunity to actually do it for my nine to five was really compelling. And then through the interview process, like I actually learned that they weren't playing around with it. You know, you go to some companies' websites and they have missions and values, et cetera, et cetera. But like with Handshake, I came to understand that it really plays an important role in how they make decisions about the product, how they, you know, allocate resources to different things. Like it's central to how we do what we do. And so, you know, I, I have been on board for almost two years now. When I first came on board, I was running the educational engineering team. So there are three sides to our business, students, employers, and the educational institutions that we partner with. 
So I was running the EDU side and helped them with processes and, you know, scaling the team up into two teams. And then this opportunity came to run the infrastructure team. And I had had experiences with what was then the platform team. It was a very small team as somebody who was like their customer. And I felt like I could use my experience in products, but also in, in infrastructure and, and platform and DevOps, quote unquote, to really up-level that team. I've been like an internal DevOps evangelist. I've been in the support role myself. And so I wanted to use all that to like help this team get better. So applied for the job. When I heard about it, I think it was through Slack. Talked to my manager at the time about it, and he was on board. I, I kind of went through an interview process. There were other candidates that got interviewed, but they, they decided to go with me, and that was great. And since then, I've helped scale the team up to, I think we're at around 15 now, and with plans to, to get even bigger by the end of the year. There was one moment you mentioned where you identified that Handshake, like it has values, but it, it doesn't just you know, have the, the values on the website or on a poster, but it actually lives them out every day. Can you tell me a little bit more about the, like that moment where you identified like, oh, like this company really means what they say. They say what they mean and they mean what they say and they, they actually live out what they say they value. What was that moment like? Oh boy, that is a good question. COVID, it's March. Schools are scrambling. Employers are scrambling. We identified that there's an opportunity for us as Handshake to meet a need that existed for students, employers, and career services centers, right? So if you think about like the worst career fair you've been to, it's crowded, the booths are crowded, you can't talk to the people that you want to talk to. And that goes from both sides, right? The employers and the students. So we decided to reframe that in a virtual setting. So the engineering team, in partnership with all the other teams, sales, product, marketing, et cetera, pivoted, trashed OKRs, trashed the roadmap and said, we're going to build out virtual career fairs. And so we did the work over the course of the year, delivered career fairs, in that same year, which is amazing, and have since served thousands and thousands of, of career fairs. And so what we've been able to, to do as a result of that, and what was a big driving force behind that work, is that now students in particular have this flexibility to interact with employers in a way that they couldn't before and from places they couldn't interact with them before. Right. So as long as you have like a mobile device or access to the internet or computer, you can actually interact with an employer. And as a result of that, we've been able to find that you know, 71% of students prefer that and find it to be less intimidating than being in person. Women, people of color, they prefer the virtual career fairs and find them easier to prepare for, easier to balance and more accessible than doing it in person. And, you know, those kinds of things really show that we're committed to creating a better experience for people in a democratic way. We had a conversation with Asif Makani, CTO at Handshake, a few weeks ago. And one of the quotes that he shared related to Handshake was that talent is distributed equally, but opportunity is not. So to hear the feedback from students and that democratized opportunity of like a virtual career fair opens up and increases access to opportunity like that for people, I personally find really, really inspiring. What was some of the feedback that you got from students for that part of the product? Yeah, so primarily increased flexibility around scheduling, easier to prepare for. So like if you consider like you have to prepare for meeting with employers, it's easier for them to prepare virtually than it is in person for a number of reasons. Like, you know, you don't have to, maybe you, you get dressed from the top up versus like, you know, wearing a full suit, right? <laughs> Made the job search um, process more convenient in general. And 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 the ex actual experience that we provide is, is really engaging, right? It's like, it's one-to-one -one versus like, I, I mean, there are, options where you are in kind of like a virtual room with, with several people. We do provide this kind of one-to-one -one personal interaction that is really valuable to the students. 
I used to work in the higher education space. And so I've participated in on both sides of, of career fairs and the experience of walking up to a booth where there's 15 to 20 other people sort of jockeying for position to try to talk to that recruiter is a really intimidating experience. And so if you're somebody who's like, you know, I don't like, sorry, like that's friction. I'm not interested. See you later. And that can be really hard. And the one-on-one opportunity really makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. And for neurodiverse people as well, like, you know, if you consider, you know, the kind of anxiety that you might have in that situation, you know, that kind of gets reduced a bit with the virtual offering. Absolutely. So I wanted to to rewind a little bit, Guillermo, because you've shared a couple stories of how Handshake has sort of brought its mission to life within the product. I'd love to hear a couple examples or stories of how the engineering team enables this mission or brings this mission to life. Sure. So Handshake's mission is democratize opportunities. So no matter where you are, who your parents were, like you said before, talent is evenly distributed. We want to make sure that everyone has access to opportunities, no matter no matter what. And so the way engineering helps to bring that to life is there's collaboration that exists between all different sides, all departments. What it really comes down to is whether or not engineering can deliver, right? So like engineering is the team that builds out all this stuff and, and brings all the intangible ideas into reality. And I think a great example of that is that virtual career fair example that I mentioned. So, you know, as we were doing the research for that and selling the idea to folks, I mean, all that stuff is great, but like when it comes down to it, like I said, when the rubber hits the road, like we have to actually build it. And so for the engineering team to prioritize it, to be creative and resourceful in providing the solution, I think is a real testament to the strength of the team, shows real dedication to the mission and to the success that we want to bring to our students who want to succeed in life, right? I think that's probably the most impactful example that I can think of. What's really interesting when I think about like how companies make decisions based off of their mission, this is the first time that I've heard about the the pivot for the, the virtual career fair. And I, I think that it really met students' needs of the moment, especially with this huge disruption and transition to a virtual world, but also enabled in a way like a better world where it became a lot easier. It's it's a, a better way for students to to uncover opportunity for themselves than what would have existed beforehand, like with the in-person model of career fairs. And so I, I just think it's really, really interesting to see how Handshake is willing to to make big decisions to change how their mission looks in order to serve people in, in different ways. One thing you mentioned about the process of moving to become director of engineering for the infrastructure side, you'd mentioned that, you know, there are other folks being interviewed and you were sort of on a different side of the, the business. And I think a lot of people have this perception that in order to sort of progress in your career, you have to change companies in order to kind of like tack your way up to a, a different level or to a different part of the business. But your path was different than that. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the opportunity has been like to grow within Handshake and some of the different ways that Handshake supports the internal growth of people within the company? Yeah, for sure. I think what that really highlights is a commitment from the leadership team at Handshake to help people develop. I think my, my boss at the time, a guy named Robin Lim, who's kind of my peer now, was really supportive in, in helping me kind of navigate through the transition, help me to figure out what the timing should be. How do I balance responsibilities as I'm moving between the two? I think with this infrastructure role in particular, and I think if we're thinking about just, you know, outside of Handshake, when people are thinking about moving into infrastructure, having some experience on the product side or on the feature side, whatever you call it within your company, is incredibly valuable because like those are 
infrastructure customers, right? So for you to have firsthand experience as a customer before you move into that role is awesome. So I was able to get that. And yeah, the support of the leadership team all the way up was fantastic. On that same point, so pre-COVID, Handshake kind of existed. There, there are two offices, one in San Francisco, one in Denver, and then we have a bunch of remote folks. And that's how we existed pre-COVID. And now that we're in like a sort of post-COVID, not really, but like a new world, I'll say, we're considering how to look at engineering in a way that'll make it easier for people to move between teams. So it used to be, for instance, if you wanted to be on a student team, you had to be in San Francisco. If you wanted to work on the employer team, you had to be in, in the Denver office. And if you wanted to be on the university team, you had to be remote. And so like now we're rethinking that so that engineers and managers who want to move between teams can do it in a way that isn't very process intensive, right? You don't have to consider where you are. It shouldn't matter where you live if you want to um, add value to another part of the business or get experience in another side of the business. That to me seems like a really like a really unique experience within Handshake because I, I haven't heard a lot of other companies like really thoughtfully try to design their experience where it allows people with like a lower friction and a lower barrier to entry to have that same sort of navigation in between the company. That's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's it's something that we've been thinking a lot about, especially as you know we're starting to figure out what like the hybrid environment looks like, and and wanted to consider, yeah, you know, as people have been moving around in their lives as a result of this pandemic, how do we support that, and how do we support you know, like I said, inner inner mobility for folks that want new opportunities. I'd love to talk a little bit more about the values. I think especially how you have helped reinforce or or demonstrate those values within your team or examples of Handshake's values that have come up in your team that you wanted to, to highlight. So can you, I guess, orient us a little bit to what is Handshake value as an organization and, and what does this look like in action on the infrastructure team? Sure, yeah. The values that we have at Handshake are, I'll list a few of them that I'll talk about how some of them in particular are brought to life in infrastructure. So acting with empathy, students first, move fast, but don't rush, empowered by diversity, and focusing on on impact. I think in particular on the infrastructure team, acting with empathy is, is really important. The engineers at Handshake are our customers, and in infrastructure and platform teams, it's really important to build and communicate this desire to actually support and empower the engineers instead of like, you know, pushing your own agenda on those engineers. And so that can only be done, I think, best through like a, a lens of empathy, right? Uh, trying to understand what people are going through, getting feedback, and then applying that feedback, applying all that information that you're getting from those, your customers into real solutions that help them increase your productivity and make them happier with the developer experience, with their experience at work, right? So that's key. It's not, one of the first things that I wanted to do as I took over the team was make sure that support and empowerment were at the center of what we did. And so we built out a mission hmm. that used those words like within the team. It's about empowering and enabling folks to build scalable solutions. And so that's how we act with empathy. Patrick here with some exciting news. We now have 10 local communities of engineering leaders hosting in-person meetups all over the world. Yes, you heard that right. There are 10 local communities in cities all over the world. These groups are led by engineering leaders just like you who wanted to create a place to connect, to share insights, and tackle critical challenges in the job. To get involved, go to elc.community 
sign up if you haven't already. If you have signed up, make sure you update your location and we'll get you plugged in. We're launching local events all the time. You can find them and get involved again at elc.community. I have a quick follow-up question about that. I think what you shared about like you create a vision and that support and empathy was at the very core of the organization. What are some of the ways like tactically that you've helped operationalize empathy or like different practices within the team? Like are there certain questions? Is there like a framework that you have people go through as they're proposing like different features or, or different projects like it's other certain tactical elements that you've helped support the team with there i mean we're, we're still perfecting a lot of this stuff but you know we're going through one of the things that we've been doing is sending out surveys right so like our de- developer experience team for instance is, is one of the teams that's under me and so that manager maria verba and her team are, are sending out surveys to understand you know what what are the pain points that our engineers are having and and then using that information to determine what they work on you know how do we add that stuff to the roadmap how do we make space for that kind of work so that we can improve the experience that folks have we also have office hours so there are three teams that I'm responsible for there is the production infrastructure team which is responsible for cloud infrastructure stuff there is also the developer experience team and then there's the platform services team that builds services that cut across all sides of the business so email authentication and that kind of thing. And so within each of these different teams, there are office hours set up so that you can sit with an engineer and ask questions about anything that you might have questions about. If you need to pair up on something or have a question about, for instance, how to add or modify an infrastructure resource, you can come to the office hours and work that. And then we take the information that we gather from those office hours, if there is any, and then we kind of apply that to, again, to our roadmap or to our sprints and say, this is something that we need to do in support of the engineers. And so, and the, the other thing that I've implemented, so we use um, Jira pretty heavily and really try to focus on making all of our work visible, not just for the sake of the team, but for the sake of our customers as well, right? So I think when you don't document all the work that's coming in, all the work that the team is doing, you can kind of give off a a false impression that maybe we're not doing as much as we are. And so there's room for us to do, you know, X, Y, Z. But if we can make it visible, then we can let people know what we're working on. And for the stuff that comes in that's ad hoc, or in addition to that, we can ask, we work with the product teams to prioritize that stuff so that they understand, you know, we're, we've been asked to do A by this team. We've been asked to do B by this team. We need you all to work together so that we can do what's best for the company and prioritize that and maybe get to the, you know, A or B later on, depending on the priority of it. So, yeah, making work visible is, is also critically important to, to our success. I was going to say, because I, I feel like infrastructure, like for especially for engineers, maybe working more on the product side, that oftentimes that work could be more hidden and it's hard to see like just all of the things that you have going on there. So have you seen like with the office hours and, and things like that, like an increase in speed and decision making for other teams because they're able to have an increased amount of visibility? I think we're working towards a world where that can lead to like really impactful like to, to really quick decision making. But I think what's important, and I should have mentioned this before actually, is we're at this place right now where we're trying to we're trying to split out our code base and and provide features and and a self-service platform that will kind of add on to that and make things happen a lot faster and that's kind of like one of the most pressing and most challenging things that we're working through right now right is how do we like many other startups we've gotten to this place where we we started out with this like big rails monolith and it's grown over you know five six years now we got to get to a place where an engineer on a student team can make a change without having to talk to an engineer on a student team, right? And so once we can get to that place, I think it'll be even faster. We'll see even bigger gains 
in productivity there, but we are working through that now and uh, we'll be this year and in, into the next year. Absolutely. So I have one more, one more question more oriented around like people and culture. And then I want to dive in a little bit more into some of the, the challenges that you all are, are tackling on the infrastructure team right now. But I think really just wanted to, it was more of a broad question about what do you enjoy or, or love most about the people that you work with and the, the culture at Handshake? I really love that the people that I work with want to help each other. And it shows up in a lot of different ways, specifically with, with like some of the managers on my team. They really want to make sure that they're doing all that they can to support the, the, the engineers. And one of the ways that shows up is that they're frustrated when they can't do everything that the engineers want them to do because the team is too small. We don't have enough time, right? And so, you know, we've been talking about like, in a support role, like it's got, you've got to be okay with saying no sometimes and just kind of understand that, you know, we'll get to the point where we can meet more of these needs, but we won't ever be able to meet everybody's needs, right? And so you have to be okay with that reality, but it's difficult for them to do because they care so much, right? And that's a great problem to have, that you have people that, that care so much that they want to they want to help everybody. And I think that's true for a lot of folks in Handshake. There's a real heart to help, and that's why they joined the company, right? It's a mission-driven company, and you attract those kinds of people to it. And that's like one of those things that you can't, you can't teach somebody to care as a leader of your organization, like to have somebody who cares so passionately about supporting other people. Like that's something you can't teach. So how do you cultivate that and, and enhance that as a leader? Or like, is there a way where you, you help create the space to, to sort of amplify that? Or how do you, I guess, how do you tend to that quality so that you don't lose that? Oh man, that's a great question. You are good at this job. I think the solution is to make space for it, just like you said. I don't want folks to get to a place where like they feel like that's a negative, right? Like that, that the fact that they care so much is a negative. I want to make space for it. I want them to be able to communicate their desires and their passion to other folks, but work with other people to make sure that other folks understand too, so that when we're having discussions about priority, they understand we're not coming at it from like, when we're saying no, we're not saying no because we don't want to help you. We're saying no because we physically... I can't right now. And so it's important for like, you know, one, one of my managers, Monique Mitchell, you know, she recently, we're, we're going through that exercise right now as we're going through planning. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people want us to do. And I want to make sure that, you know, people understand no doesn't mean we're never going to do this or we don't want to. It's just like, we, we, we need more people or we need more time. And one of the th ways that she is, is, is amplifying that is through the development of like a mission and charter. I'm um, communicating it out to people so that people know this is what we want to do. This is how we want to serve you. This is how you should work with us. This is how we want to work with you. And I think that all does help to amplify that desire in a way that can ultimately be be productive. And it sounds like it sort of helps shape the expectations of the people that, that are sort of interacting with the infrastructure team in a way that leaves people still feeling empowered to make requests. Yeah, absolutely. Even yeah. if there there is a, a no in the short term. For sure. Yes. That's great. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about some of the challenges at Handshake. And so, Guillermo, can we rewind a little bit? What's the focus of the infrastructure team right now? And what's the impact that you all are having on Handshake? Because I think we mentioned this, I think, when you and I were catching up off offline here about how Handshake is experiencing some pretty tremendous growth right now. So tell us a little more about, like, what's the infrastructure team focused on right now? And what's the impact, especially during this rapid growth of the company? Yeah, so we're focused right now on uh, an initiative that involves all of engineering and, and to some extent product, where we are taking this monolith and splitting it up into team-specific areas or team-specific code bases, and we're calling it Handshake Next. 
it's like our next iteration. So one of the engineers on my team, Dan Wynan, was kind of like put this grand vision together where we're using domain design and building out initially many services that provide like a logical separation of the code base and then eventually microservices that provide a physical separation of the code base so that we Im improve the autonomy of our different teams. So like I said before, if an engineer on the employer team wants to make a feature change, they don't have to involve somebody from the other teams to make that change. They can just go ahead, make the change without stepping on toes. They can do it in a quick way. So eventually we we'll want to get to a place where, you know, build times improve as a result of this because you don't have to run 9,000 tests against the entire code base. So yeah, we're leading that initiative. We're creating tooling to, to help make that easier for our engineering teams. We provided kind of the plan and have made asks across the engineering teams to, to have engineers helping us do this work, tooling, training, and laying the foundation for the work that the engineers are going to be doing. So we're kind of like paving the way. And, and that's kind of what, how we're starting off in RQ3. And then in RQ4, we want to get more engineers involved to build on top of the work that we've done. Of all the different challenges that you all are tackling, what are the ones that, that you're most excited about right now? Like, What are the problems that you, you are like, ah, oh, man, this one is one that just really lights my brain on fire? Yeah, I think the one I'm most excited is, about is I want to create a self-service infrastructure platform for the team. So right now, we've got a pretty small team that's responsible for our cloud infrastructure. And because the team is small and that supports like a, a growing engineering team, we can sometimes be a bottleneck for requests. And so we've been trying to roll out new technologies like Terraform. We're using Sentinel now to automate some policies or create policies that can automate checks against changes made to Terraform so that people can make the changes that they need without having to get us involved. And I want to iterate on that idea eventually to get to this place where we can provide sort of like a CLI or a UI or some kind of interface for folks to use that that kind of templatizes things so that they don't have to do as much thinking as they kind of have to do right now if they want to for instance build out a new service you just say hey i want to build a new service and it needs to have i don't know 50 gig database attached to it and you just pop in some parameters and then you have everything you need and you don't have to actually get into gcp or do a bunch of stuff yourself you just have to put it in the interface and your resources are created for you in a secure, automated way. I love that. Well, I think the big thing you identify is like, we're the bottleneck here and we want to build this self-service infrastructure platform to then enable and empower our teams. I think like, just like through our whole conversation, just the little stories that you've shared have really demonstrated so much about like this sense of selflessness and service and support and empathy and empowering other people very much to like the values that we talked about at the beginning, just everything you've mentioned from like what the core focus of the team is to the, the products that you're building and the internal tooling really exemplifies that. And I think that's really, really powerful. So thank you for, for sharing that. Thank you. A little bit more of a higher level question, because there are some really big things happening at, at Handshake, like, especially when you, you shared the story of the pivot to the virtual career fair and that being a, a huge organizational priority. Why are you excited to be at Handshake right now? Like, why is it such an interesting time to be a part of the organization and a part of the infrastructure team? I think it, it's especially exciting right now because of all the growing that we're doing. To be at Handshake right now means that you're not the ground level, but you're involved at this place where we just hit 100 engineers this year and we're probably going to, you know, hopefully double that in, in time to come and then, you know, get to a place where we have maybe 500 engineers. But to be here now means that you're involved in building out the culture and the processes 
that will make up the foundation of what engineering here will be in the future, right? At, at this like really impactful mission-driven company that's working with cutting-edge technology. For me to be here right now, playing the role that I'm playing on the infrastructure team is gratifying. I think as we keep bringing people on, onboarding is going to be, it continues to be an area where we need to make sure that we're helping out as an infrastructure team, right? So like recently, one of the, the co-founders, Scott, came up with this idea for our remote development environment. And so as a developer experience team, we've taken that idea and brought it to life and kind of operationalized it so that when engineers start, they already have a development environment set up for them that lives in a virtual machine and GCP. You know, those kinds of innovations and like iterating on that kind of work is really exciting because you're helping, like, again, supporting people, helping them feel productive in their first day even, right? Like if you can commit code in your first day or two, coming to like a, you know, a startup, like that's awesome. And so having the opportunity to work on that kind of stuff is really great. That fired me up. I mean, just everything we're talking about, about like the mission to democratize opportunity for folks, lay the foundation for people, work on cutting edge technology and to make an impact day one, commit code from day one is, is such a huge and exciting opportunity to be a part of. So for you personally, like what is your absolute favorite thing that you love to do as a part of the Handshake team? Like what is the absolute favorite thing for you about what you do? Yeah, so as corny as it may sound, I'm really passionate about helping people on my team become the best versions of themselves in whatever capacity they'll allow me to do that. So I get to work, like I said, with like really passionate people who care about their jobs, care about um, the work that they're doing, and care about themselves as professionals. And for me to have the responsibility to help them develop their skills is something I take very seriously. And when they allow me to help them not just become better professionals, but become better people, you know, I really relish those opportunities. And I want to build, you know, relationships with folks, help them be better than I am and, you know, leverage my experience to create not just like great engineers, but great leaders in tech. So that's really what gets me fired up. I wish I had infrastructure skills and I could be on your team, Guillermo, because that sounds incredible. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, one more question to sort of close out our our conversation. I think one of the intentions of, of this conversation is also as people are listening and become inspired by the mission and become curious and intrigued about the challenges that the infrastructure team is facing. And so I was wondering... You know, do you have any final words for somebody who might be interested in an opportunity at Handshake or interested in contributing to the mission or helping solve some of the challenges that you all are facing? Do you have any final words that you'd want to share with that, that person as they explore that opportunity? Yeah, come on. Let's do it. Join us. We want people who care about our mission. We want to work with all kinds of engineers from all different backgrounds. We're really passionate about not just democratizing opportunity for students. We also want to build a diverse workforce here at Handshake, right? And it's specifically in engineering. And so I, I welcome everybody to apply, join us. We're doing great work. We're doing some like really exciting, like I talked about, really exciting refactoring work, solving really interesting problems with architecture and with data, trying to build out, you know, really intelligent solutions. And this is the place to be. Like if you, if you want to work on something cool that matters, come here. If you want to work on something cool that matters, come here. I love it. Kiermo, thank you so much. And just as like a a quick meta comment, I mean, one of the things that we pay attention to a lot within our community are, are folks that really genuinely care about supporting and serving other people. 
So just for you as a leader to have that commitment to service and to support the people on your team, their growth, their well-being, and their just development as professionals, just thank you for being somebody who embodies that and inspires other people to take that on as part of their leadership because there are not enough managers and engineering leaders like that in our industry. And so thank you for being a great example of that. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to continue the discussion and stay up to date with the key engineering initiatives at Handshake, keep an eye out in the coming weeks for the launch of their new LinkedIn group, Engineering at Handshake. We'll have that link available once it's live. And of course, if you're exploring new opportunities and motivated by Handshake's mission, check out open roles at joinhandshake.com forward slash join dash us. That's joinhandshake.com forward slash J-O-I-N dash U-S. You can also find that link in our show notes. Thanks for listening to the Engineering Leadership Podcast.